listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Paw Vogue with Cuba, America's top dog. I am your host, Bob Shaughnessy, and Cuba is waiting here with me to watch the show. I can't believe it's our 20th show already. How time flies. We hope that you've been enjoying them. And if you have any special requests for guests, just drop us an email at cuba at pawvogue.com. I hope you had a chance to listen to episode 19 with Jojo Harder. We will soon be announcing a contest for some autographed books from Jojo. So stay tuned for the contest. And we are hoping to have a few more books that will be added to the collection from some recent authors. Today, we have two very special guests, our elite designers, Janice Craig from Baldiva Couture, and Mario La Liberté from Vienna Couture Canin. Canin. I'll never get that right, Mario. <laughs> okay. Today we will be discussing the qualities needed to win the Paul Vogue Fashionista Contest, which is coming up this month. Plus, we will be discussing both designers' latest designs. But first, we need to take a commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Janice and Mario. It's time for a walk down Fifth Avenue, of course. We'll be right back after we do a little shopping. Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know... Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. Welcome back to our Paw Talk Show. And joining us now is Janice Craig from Valdiva Couture and Mario Laliberte from Vienna Couture Canning. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. How are you guys? Good, good, and you? Good. This is Mario's second time on the show, but Janice, I believe it's your first. And why don't we begin with Janice and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your Yorkies, which I'm sorry to hear you don't have as many as you're used to anymore. Oh, but still have lots. Thank you for having me. And a little bit about myself. I've always lived in North Carolina, except for time away at college. If you can believe it, went right out of high school. I went to nursing school at DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana. And many years later, went back to school and got my design degree from Salem College in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which is where I was born and lived for most of my life. I moved to Charlotte about 10 years ago, and now I'm also spending a lot of time on the coast of North Carolina in Wilmington. So I wake up every morning looking out at the intercoastal waterway and watching the boats go by. So that's quite therapeutic, and there's nothing better than smelling that salt air every morning when I get up. Oh, I wish that was me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I do enjoy it. The picture that I asked Bob to post on the website of my Yorkies is 
it's a very special picture because this is a portrait of eight of my Yorkie babies that have been with me as I've developed my pet couture line. And unfortunately, I've lost four of them due to health issues, but I still have my little Moki and Callie and Baby and Bentley, and three of those four are, are my rescue babies. I started they are doing adorable. Rescue- very special babies. I started doing rescue work several years ago and Rescue NC Yorkies has now placed around 300 Yorkies that have come in from all kinds of places, all kinds of owner surrenders and breeder surrenders and even puppy mill survivors. So that's another part of what I do. Some of them that I fostered were just so hard to let go. And as you can see from the picture, they several of them stayed with me because I was just so attached to them. I couldn't let them go. But that's my <laughs> little staff right there. Uh, and they've all been models. They have all been models at one time yes. or another. Now, Mario, last time you had Vienna on the show, but I don't think you had Mia yet, did you? Yes, we did, actually, but she was still just a tiny baby. Uh, now she's fully grown and a wonderful addition to her family. And for our listeners, if you go to pawtalkshow.com, episode 20, you will see pictures of our guests and their pups. Plus, you'll be seeing lots more pictures shortly. Okay, you're here for a couple of reasons today. First, we're going to discuss the contest, and you two are both sponsors of the contest. Thank you very much. The Paw Vogue Fashionista contest opens on August 15th for people to start applying. I've just had some phone calls this morning about it. So why don't we take a few minutes and talk about what we're looking for in the Fashionista contest. The people will be sending in one of their favorite photos, and I had asked them not to send in a professional photo. I think it should be someone who can either take a photo or have a friend take a photo. And also, they have to write an essay, a short essay, on why they should be the fashionista. And we're doing two years, 2012 and 2013. And you each have agreed to make a couture design for each of them. One from each of you to one winner. So, 2012 and 2013. I don't know how we're going to decide which one gets which, but I guess we'll let you two decide that. We might have to draw out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll all be happy having one or the other. So, Janice, what do you think? What, you know, this is an open discussion. What should we be looking for? Well, an important quality for me is the level of support for Paw Vogue designers. It takes a lot of time and work to create these little garments that you see on this website and to do that in such a way that they're comfortable and fun for the pets that are wearing them. So it's nice to know that our customers support that and appreciate the effort that we put into these outfits and are kind enough to let their babies wear them. I think there's also what I call the cuteness factor. Some of these babies are just so cute, you could squeeze them when you see them all dressed up. So I love to see that the outfit supports that cuteness factor as well, and um, that's important to me. Okay, Mario? Well, basically what Janice just said, I mean, all the support that we're getting, I find it like extremely awesome. And like what I often say is that a garment for a dog, doggy couture should be not only beautiful, but we should take in consideration who's wearing them, the dog. So it has to be comfortable also. And not like making them like very uncomfortable wearing the garment. Because if you see like... For me, like the real fashionistas are the dogs that, that enjoy wearing the clothes. When I dress my dogs, when I bring the dress or the harness, they come to me and they sit and they wait for me to put in them. So it's not something that they're uncomfortable wearing. 
Right. Yes, you can certainly usually tell that too. I was thinking also, though, that the, you know, in addition to the parent has to promote the industry, promote you, the designers. Yeah. I also, I would like to see someone who gets more involved in the whole, you know, promoting dogs, period. So helping with shelters or stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting what they write, but hopefully this little bit right now will help them decide on their short essay what they're going to tell us. And I know it's going to be hard for them to select one photo. The plan is that the photos will be online and people. People will be able to vote for the photos, one vote per person, and then the top 10, you two and I, and maybe maybe a fourth person, we will look at the essays and determine the winner from the top 10. So I don't want it to be just a popularity contest. If I may add, like in the essay, what I would like to read, and it's to, to know the doggy, like to, to know the personality of the doggy and if they, they attend fashion shows, if they're involved, are they modeling in fashion shows or... I would be very interested in seeing that in the essay. Yes, I agree. Because yeah, that, that's also promoting. You know, I think every time yes. they, they're on the fashion runway, they are promoting pet fashion. So I hope we have a good some turnout. Of the dogs are up, uh, some of the dogs are also doing pet therapy work and going into hospitals and nursing homes. I'd love to know about that as well. Excellent. Yes, very good. I think I had said 200 words. They're going to have a lot to write. Yes, it's 200 <laughs> words. <laughs> okay. Also, I, let's talk a little bit about Pawvogue. You know, I did relaunch Pawvogue last month. It's now a web blog and it's, you know, it's a lot more time for me to do this, but we are getting good response with people coming to the site every day. And I've added, there are two, two sections of the blog. One is for fashion and the other one is called Paw 6, which is a takeoff on page 6. And, you know, I try to put gossip or events or something where our fashionistas are. What do you two guys think of this, the new Paw Vogue? Well, I like the new format. I think it's much more organized than it was before. It's much more broad-based. It also seems to be a bit more interactive than it was before. Right. It was important for me to be able that for people to be able to leave comments. And now they can post the photos directly from Paw Vogue onto Pinterest or Facebook, Twitter, whatever. What about the slideshows? Do you guys like to do slideshows? I really love them. And I really, I have to say, I really like the new format. I find it is more, much more uh, user-friendly than the previous site. And it's more clearer also. It's more easier to find articles and to find pictures, to find the designers also. And I think the slideshow really had something to, to the site. Glad to hear that. I currently have three slideshows going at all times, and they rotate every day. Do you think we should have a fourth or no? I think three, it's a good amount. I mean, if there's maybe like too many, maybe then it would get a little bit too cluttered. I think if we keep it like clean, I think, it's, I think it would be better and more interesting because they do rotate like every day. So Right. We'll leave it at three then. Okay, we're going to take a commercial break right now. Then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss with each of you your current designs. And so after these few words, we'll be right back with Janice. It's time for a walk down Fifth Avenue, of course. We'll be right back after we do a little shopping. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel 
smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. Welcome back to our Paw Talk Show. First, we're going to talk with Janice Craig from Valdiva Couture. Janice, when did you first start your company? Well, Valdiva Couture was actually set up as an entity about a year and a half ago, but it was an extension of an already existing business called Sassy Yorkie Boutique, which was an online web store that I had had for about six years, opened it up after the economy dropped off and the design business went down the tubes, and this was a way to kind of use my creative efforts. And um, the problem that I found was there was so little of the kind of merchandise that I wanted available out there. There was a lot of a lot of doggy dresses and a lot of items that were available, but for the most part, they were mass-produced, very cheaply made, poor quality items that I just didn't want to sell. So that was when I started doing my own things. And then, of course, Paul Vogue came along, and that was an avenue to market even more the couture line. So it all just kind of fell in place. Well, you certainly do have an excellent reputation, and you're very high quality. I think everyone who has seen your work says that about you. So congratulations on that. You had mentioned that you're at the beach, and so I guess you're influenced by your surroundings because you have a number of beachwear. <laughs> yes, this I do, and you know I think it's it's a matter of being able to find design elements that are somewhat regional and 
unavailable in other areas. You just don't find tiny little starfish in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the collections of beachy harnesses that I did for the summer have the real shells and even teeny tiny little starfish that are attached to the design. And these are, are just items that you can't find everywhere. So, of course, your surroundings do affect that. Well, why don't we take a look at a few of them? For right? our listeners, again, yeah. if you go to com episode 20. And Janice's first one is just exactly what she was describing. It's this beautiful fish. And go ahead, Janice. Well, I call this, it's, there's a series of these. They're called Fishy Fishy Harnesses. And this was just great fun to create. It features a custom embroidered design, which I love doing embroidery. It's like painting with thread. So incorporated into that design are handmade ribbon flowers and, of course, the little teeny tiny shells that are actually glued with a super strong glue so they won't release. And there are actually three of these. Each one is made of a beautiful violet cotton duck fabric and lined with a satin lining and uh, of course they're fully adjustable at the neck and the underneath side so the fit is what it needs to be. These have sold like hotcakes. I can imagine. Lots of them out there. Okay, next we, I believe it's a nightgown. Yes, this is a part of my new lingerie loungewear that has just been wildly popular already. I call it the baby diva gown. And it features a white chiffon fabric for the body of the gown, and it's self-lined in that same fabric. I had actually planned for this entire collection to be in pink and white because so many people love pink. And I was then able to find these shabby roses that are a part of the adornment on this on this item and I found those in several other colors so they'll also be incorporated into this collection there will be a lilac and there's a silver and a really pretty deep rose color kind of a hot pink so I'm just amazed people love these little things and they are selling I've got a stack of them to sew up right now (laughs) I'll tell you in the last year I'd say I've probably have had eight to ten people ask me who sells loungewear. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, now we have it. Yes, yes, we do. By the way, Mia's going to need one of those. Yes, Tasha's waiting to see the one in violet. <laughs> okay, it's next coming. we have the um, plum dress, which I guess is your newest piece. Yes, this is what I call the lacy plum dress. I actually bought this fabric several months back at the beginning of the spring season, and I just hadn't had time to decide what I was going to do with it. So a few days ago, I thought I'd pull it out and play with it, and the next thing I knew, I had a finished dress. I just couldn't put it down, and it's such a lovely fabric. It has a pierced look. It almost looks like lace, but it's not. It's it's just a pierced satin. The underskirt is made of tulle and organza. There are three different petticoats under it, so it really is a really puffy skirt for those people who like all of the poof. Well, this has it. It has a black satin bodice, and it's hard to see in this picture, but I've applied the little Savarsky crystals to the center of each cut flower. So as with most of these things, they're much prettier in person. I don't know. I think the purple's taking over pink as the favorite color now. It may. You both both (laughs) have done a lot of purple this year. Yes. Love it. Now we have another summer harness. Yes. This 
is another one of the Beachy collection that I did for summer. And this brown and white has been so popular. It also comes in a red and white colorway. And it features real shells that are glued onto the bow. And that's a real starfish that's glued to the back of the, the harness. And, of course, the crystals that look like little stars around the starfish. So this has been very popular. I just shipped out another one two days ago. You know, Janice, when I first saw this, I wasn't sure if the shells were real or not. I thought maybe you had taken the ribbings that matches perfectly in color and twisted it or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's real shells. Now, I have to say, the next one, I'm not quite sure what's in the center. That coat? Yes, this is my Contempo coat, and I wanted to show this because we do have the winter season coming up before we know it. That's a big button that looks like, I'm not sure it's wood, but it looks like wood or bone or something natural like that and the satin is a flower that that is made to hold that button in place at the waist this is made of a faux fur that very much looks like it mimics mink and the bodice is an ultra suede and it's fully lined in the same satin that you see that makes the flower that's at the waist as a matter of fact there's one of these in new york it came to new york for last year's fashion week in February. So she's been wearing this in the winter season and had a lot of compliments on it. The little cowl neck is hand knit and it's removable so the coat can be worn as a coat dress if desired. There are also little leggings, four little leggings that I knitted to match this just to keep little, in this case it was for a little chihuahua, so no hair on her legs and to keep her warm in New York weather. um, We did leggings for this. Oh, um, you'll have to let me know later after the show who has this. Okay. And next we have Little Miss Daisy. Yes, this is part of a series that I've just had great fun with this summer. They are just the cutest little dresses. They all use the same basic pattern, but the design is a little different in each one. So many people have told me that they have such a hard time finding really cute dresses, especially couture dresses for the little tiny babies. So this is part of a series of teeny tiny dresses that I'm, I'm doing for these little ones. This little girl, Riviera, is actually in Charlotte, and she is the newest baby sister of three of our other fashionistas, and she's barely two pounds. She is just the cutest baby ever. The skirt is very full. It's a yellow polka dot seersucker. The bodice is a white pique, which is a kind of a textured fabric. You can't really see in this picture, but they're little white daisies with that go along the center of the straps at her neck. And the lace at the waist has a touch of yellow ribbon in the center. The daisy on the back is appliqued onto the dress. And um, there are also handmade flowers at the tips of the strap. So this little pattern works so well. It was the Dickens to get fit to figure out how long to make the bodice so that it fit in the right place. But it fastens under the stomach and... The neck is adjustable, so there's room to adjust it as needed for the different sizes. Yes, that's adorable. And, of course, the next one I know very well because Tasha has it. Oh, yes. This is Tasha's ball gown. And to see this picture well, you really need to click on it and see the full picture of it. It's probably one of my favorite dresses that I've ever made. It was designed for and worn by Cuba's fiancé, Tasha. 
at the recent Wiggle Butts wedding in Connecticut, I believe it was. This was another project that I just I just simply could not put it down. I started working on it, and the hours in it are incredible, but I must have worked 12 or 14 hours straight on and not finished it in that time, but really got a good start on it. It features a short dress that's made of a lilac Dupiani silk, and the lace cutouts that you see in the long skirt here are hand-stitched and glued onto the, the dress. So that skirt, the um, train, is removable. It snaps at the waist, and it's removable. So in this case, Tasha wanted to be able to dance and mingle at the wedding, and we took her skirt off, or, or her skirt was taken off so that she could not be so confined by the length of it it's just a beautiful gown yeah and i'll just tell you this picture does not do it justice at all none of the pictures do that's why we couldn't find any it is amazing it's it is by far tasha's favorite gown <laughs> and Good. the colors and are so vibrant and of course i couldn't even figure out how to take the train off it was <laughs> hidden so well underneath this flowers <laughs> well i but, did a little snap at the waist and so the train could snap off and on, but I didn't want that snap to show when the train was off. So I did a little flower with a snap that snapped in place. So it covered the snap and it worked great. Yes, it was beautiful. And then next is the tux that you made for Cuba. Yes, this is the matching vest that we did for Cuba to coordinate to Tasha's little dress. It also is constructed of the Dupiani silk and it has a black satin collar with all kinds of crystals on there. It took me forever. Mario, I thought of you when I was doing this because you used so many crystals in your work and I'm thinking, how long does it take him to do all of this stuff? Because it took me forever to get all of these things on there. But um, it turned out to be a beautiful little vest. I had never made one like this. It actually uses a real tux shirt that I cut down. I can't do this with the little teeny tiny babies because they are not shirts that are small enough. But in Cuba's case, his neck size was large enough that I could cut the shirt down and snap it into the underside of this vest. And it's just like dressing somebody. I'm sure you had quite a time getting this on him, Bob, because <laughs> you have to button the shirt and put the tie on. I could not figure out how to work the cummerbund because it's all one piece for our listeners. It's all one piece and I'm wrapping it. I'm saying, wait a minute. It's amazing how you did a cummerbund on the hair. I don't know how you ever figured out the design, but it looks great. It's a matter of um, doing a lot of these things until you get the right pieces that fit together and sometimes it doesn't work but this one I held my breath until you got it on him because I wasn't able to put my hands on him and measure him and make sure that this was going to be a right fit so I just held my breath until I knew it fit him. Yes it fit perfect and he again he loves it. Okay we have two more here we have a wisteria sundress. More purple and this is the same pattern as the little daisy dress and uh, it uses much of the same lace. We have the applique on the bodice. A lot of these dresses like this, I don't put underskirts on them because I think on a day-to-day basis, which is, this is more a daytime dress that's not so fussy and foo-foo, these little dogs don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily comfortable in all of that tool and the netting and the underskirts. So this is just a real comfy little dress for the smaller babies. Can it be made for larger too? Oh, yes. In fact, I'm making a ladybug dress and harness for 
our little tater tot and french fry in Atlanta, and they are much bigger. Okay, and last we have the, the London dress. Oh, this is London wearing the... Uh, London wearing. Uh, London's one of our fashionistas. This is, and Mario, forgive my French, la petite fleur, actually du printemps, which means little spring flowers in French. And this dress has a thousand pieces. I started counting one day how many pieces were sewn together to make this dress work and I just lost count because everything is interlined and self-lined and lace hand-sewn on there and the flowers hand-sewn and then there are all the pearls that are hand-glued. It's a very complicated dress and I've sold so many of them I just can't even keep up with how many have gone out but it is a beautiful little dress. Yes, it's one of my favorites. Well, thank you, Janice. Now, one of the things that I hear, I've heard many times is that from the fashionistas that that they so wish that they could hear you guys talk about your fashion because it's much more inspiring to them to know how it's made and know how much work's put into it and what you think of it. And I'm sure this show is going to be a big hit because of that. Now, let's go to Mr. Mario. Everybody moves down on the page. The first one is the King Frog Harness. Yes, and I made this harness. One of my favorite fabrics to work with is uh, velvet because I find it like really rich. And you cannot really see in this picture, it looks brown, but it's more like a wine color. And I adorn it, of course, with crystal because I'm in love with crystal. I love anything that attracts the light. And I had, these, I had two of these beautiful frog brooch and I decided to make like the big bows on it that could look like a lily flower and the frog is sitting on it. And I think it's just like, it's simple, but I find it like really beautiful. It is beautiful. And I know a lot of people like frogs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one. The colors in this, this blue is unbelievable. Yes. Midnight I summer. call that the Midnight Summer Dream. Once again, most of my designs are very simple, but I like simple design, but beauty. I love those, those characteristics. And once again, I use a, a black velvet. And it's lined with the black satin. And I use clear crystals and blue crystals all around the edge uh, of the harness. And I have these beautiful, beautiful blue flowers that I just love. I made, in fact, a few for clients, but my girls have those harnesses and they wear them most, most of the time. And I got a lot of compliments on them. Now, Mario, where do you usually get your inspirations from? I think my inspiration comes from my surroundings. Like I said, I like beauty. I like also the fabric really inspire me. When I go shop for fabric, I don't have an idea of what I'm going to buy. And when I see the fabric, when I touch it, the inspiration comes, I guess, from that. And I try to keep, then again, I try to keep my design simple and comfortable for the dog. I try to think when they're going to wear the design, is this going to be uncomfortable for them or it's going to be comfortable? And I know that you've been, I guess you've been in business about two years now, right? About, yes, about two years now. Right, yeah. Time flies. The next yes. one is another purple or lavender. I call this one, yes, it's, it's a purple. I call this one Le Vie en Mauve. And then again, it's, uh, it's velvet, which is my favorite fabric to use. My <laughs> both, both favorite fabric for me is velvet and brocade. I love to work with these two, and I incorporate those two here. And the the neck of the harness is adorned with a AB crystal trims, and I did an oversized bow in beautiful purple and gold brocade with big AB um, crystal buttons on the center of the bow. Once again, very simple but very beautiful in person. I mean, the, the colors are vibrant here. I can just imagine what they must be like in person. Yes. 
Oh, and then we have a pet portrait. Now, I'm not sure who this is. This, this is Oh, yes, yes, no, this is Bibi, and she, she lives in New York, and this is our latest pet portrait that we made. And, of course, Colin does the, the crochet, so we crocheted the, the pet with Egyptian cotton, and I made the little dress with a silk with embroidered, and the underskirt is a brocade, and the portrait is sewn onto a harness. In this case, it's a bubblegum pink ultra suede. All the portraits that we did up today are sewn onto harnesses, but we can also make them and sewn them onto a canvas to be framed and hang on a wall as well. It's amazing because, I mean, I don't know how many you've made now, but everyone has I think one. we're about 20. <laughs> I think we're about 20, and we have a few orders still in, in, in production. I never knew, like, the first one was, of course, Cuba that we did, and I never thought this will create the sensation that it has created because we're really proud of, the, of those portraits. Yeah, I mean, they are, you know, when you look at them, you say, how did you capture the personality? So those that I know, if I know the dog, I can always guess who it is. Exactly, yes. exactly. And you are showing mostly vests today. Is there a reason why? Well, I do. We're known more for our vests. We do more vests than dresses. We, we still do some dresses and some knit, but I think our most popular items are, are the vests. And probably the fact, because here in Montreal, people don't dress their dog as much as they do in the United States. So I do a lot of harnesses to, for my girls when I walk them and when I go out with them. So probably my inspirations are come from there because I, I dress my dogs and I dress them more in vests than, than dresses. Next, we do have a dress. That yes, is... we do. And this is a beautiful work made by Colin. Because, of course, Colin does all the knitting and the crochet. So this dress is crochet in, we call this Dulce de Leche. And this dress is in crochet in Egyptian cotton. And I made a raw silk underskirt that goes underneath. And I adorned the skirt with little brown flowers. And the, the waist of the dress has two uh, satin brown bow with big crystal buttons. Um, it's hard to see on the picture, but the detailing in the crochet is really amazing. And the, the scallop of the, of the skirt is really amazing. Does anyone in New York have this dress yet? No, not this dress. So I'm anxious to see it. Yeah. Okay, next, I guess, is the, uh, the purple vest again. And this is the boy's version? Yes, that's the boy's version. And again, I did a lot of purple this season because I, I love purple. And then again, it is, again, velvet. So I have the purple velvet and the black velvet. And I did the brocade, the purple bow tie with a little chain. And you have two, on the side, you have trims. And I use crystals to mimic buttons on, on the vest. Next is the Edwardian vest. Yes, I did a little collection called the Edwardian vest. And this is a vest made of uh, dark blue bridal satin and with a black trim in the middle. And I did adorn the color of the vest with Swarovski crystals, and I made a little um, tie with lace. And you have this beautiful like, type of, not feathers, but leaves trims on the side. That's very, very nice. Then we have the Trinity. Yes, this is a vest that I did for Snookalicious for his birthday. That was bought by his uh, fiancé Pebbles. And this is faux lamb skin which in person, the texture really, really looks like real lamb skin. And it's fine in toile. And I have this beautiful brass red cross that I use, that I find that the contrast in colors with the cream and the red was just beautiful. Then again, it's very simple, but I love it. I love the design. 
And finally, coming up soon, the Halloween. Yes, <laughs> the Halloween collection. So this is our little collection for Halloween. So you have the witch, you have the itsy bitsy spider, the jack-o'-lantern and the bat. Then again, it's all encrusted by Colin with Egyptian cotton and the arms are either made with velvet or with ultra suede. And of course, it has to have Swarovski crystal on them. <laughs> Are you gonna have some more Halloween this year? No, we had the we had three last year, and we had the uh, the bat for this year. But we're like the crochet, like especially the witch, takes such a long time for Colin to do because you see it as the one piece. But when he gives me the piece to sew them on the harness, I have maybe like twenty tiny pieces that I have to sew together and sew on the harness and the hair. I have to to make the thread like really thin and I have to pin the hair and so it takes a long time to to make. I could imagine. Thank you, Mario. And You're I'd welcome. like to ask, as we close out the show, I'd like to ask each of you, um, do you have any special announcements or any plans coming up that we don't know about? Just lots of stuff that I'm working on. I'm trying to do more collections and keep myself focused on doing collections. There are so many designs that I like that you never know from one day to the next what I will turn out, but I'm trying to stay with collections, so we'll see more of that. I don't have any particular project as far as doing a collection because I never know what I'm going to do because sometimes I start doing a, a design and I have an idea in mind, but when I start doing it, it completely takes a life of its own. And when I finish it, it's something totally different than I than I thought I would be doing. Just like I see myself more like, like an artist than than a designer in the sense that just like a painter when when a painter starts painting, the project took a life of its own and it becomes a piece of art. I think most people don't realize that, that what you might start out making could be totally different by the time you're finished because you both are artists. I mean, oh, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> they I mean, often take a life of their own. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us today. And for our listeners, remember, go to poivogue.com and hit the tab contest in order to enter the Fashionista contest. You can start sending in your applications on August 15th and you have till August 31st to enter. And good luck to all of you. I would like to close out the show by thanking our producers of Paul Vogue with Cuba, America's Top Dog for our 20th episode. Thank you very much. Our next show, you will be meeting Lauren Collier, who is the host of the popular TV show Pet Talk. Have a good week and thanks for listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.